Hi, Rob McConkie here. Welcome to another episode of Postcards from the Bush. I'm calling Season 2, The Happy Hacker Goes West. Yes, this golfing tragic is playing in the Outback Masters. Between games in Charleville, Quilpie, Blackhall, Hewenden and Longreach, I'm meeting up with some of the folks, the artists, the farmers and the townspeople and so many more. Hope you'll join me. It's Sunday night. It's the finale of the Outback Queensland Masters. I'm with the people who came up with the concept of the Outback Queensland Masters, where golfers from all over Australia can play at Outback courses around Queensland. They can come with a brilliant handicap of you know, one or they can come with no handicap at all and they're prizes for everyone and I've been lucky enough to win a few. But I just really want these people to tell us how they came up with the concept of the Outback Queensland Masters. I'll start off with you, Teresa, and Teresa, you're going to have to say your surname because it's a bit difficult. I know, sometimes one needs a wheelbarrow. My name is (laughs) Teresa Famularo. It's a fabulous Italian name from an island called Stromboli, which is the world's oldest, most active volcano. And that's just off Sicily, isn't it? Correct. I've yes, been there. One of the Aeolian Islands. There you go. It's You've been brilliant. to my homeland. <laughs> You've got nothing to do with golf. How come you got in with these, a pro golfer and Golf Australia? You're right, Rob. I've got nothing to do with golf whatsoever. <laughs> look, I'm theatre and, and cultural events. Tourism Events Queensland came to me and said, look, we want to create an event specifically for the Outback because the Outback was out in Queensland was suffering massive droughts and they were trying to find ways to sort of help get some money into the economy so they came to me and went oh look Teresa read this report and go away and come back to us with something and I went back a few weeks later and went guys you know I don't do sports I do cultural events and they said oh but but you know how to do fun so just just go away and I went yeah okay fair call so I did and I'd happened to meet uh I'd met Darren at a at a function and called him up and went Darren you're golf can we have a coffee and can you talk to me about golf and Darren's talking to me about golf and I'm like mate this 18 sounds really hard is there a problem with doing less holes and he's like no and I went okay and I walked away and thought about it and called him up again and sat down with him and went I think you need to come in and sort of put the golfing part in because I can't really do that but I can put in all the other elements so we did over over a period of time we developed it and came up with the idea of having different locations to get people moving through the outback and just focusing on having people play on the weekend so during the week they're actually exploring all the different sort of regions out here and and what's on offer and and it's incredible like what is out here is is remarkable you know everything from attractions through to you know go a bit of opal foster king through to you know the dinosaur trail incredible natural wonders you know rainforests where you don't expect to see them and gorges and it's it's a remarkable countryside out here so to be able to do this has been an eye-opener for me in terms of what is out here but it's been great just to build these incredible relationships right throughout back Queensland. So that's kind of how it started. So it was really Tourism Events Queensland throwing an idea on the table going, we want something, we don't know what it is. And from there we developed it. And then it was licensed out to Golf Australia. And they, uh, they present the event and I was wrangled back in to make it happen, basically. So that's how we've all ended up here. And Darren, what's your surname? Weatherall. And Darren... Had, what what did you think of when Teresa said or you came up with the idea of maybe we play golf? 
I looked at it and I thought the the courses are pretty rough out here. So, and one of the things that which I've always said is at playing formally playing on the tour, it's an incredible feeling when you turn up to a location and there's leaderboards and there's great prizes and there's jackets to be won and there's advertising around tees and there's flags. So. I wanted amateurs to be able to feel that. So when they turn up to an event, they're not turning up to a rundown golf course. They're turning up to an incredibly uh, dynamic event, which happens to be on a very unique golf course, which is going to test their skills as well too. So that was the core about it. We want amateurs to feel like professionals every time they play in this tournament. The thing I loved, and I don't know how much Golf Australia had input into it, but was teaching the kids just seeing you out there with a bunch of kids each weekend, working with them, enhancing their skills on the golf course, that must have been a bit of a buzz for you. Oh, God, they're gems. They're amazing. The kids, um, they're so appreciative that they don't get a lot of hands-on experience in golf, and particularly from a PGA pro to come and coach them. So it's as much of an honour for me as it was for them. We just had an absolute blast, and uh, there's some bloody good swings out here in the West too. So look out. Do you think their hand-eye coordination has developed from all the sport that they play? Absolutely. It's definitely one thing, not knocking city kids at all, but when you tell a country kid how to pick up a golf club and how to swing it, they're just so, they understand their body, they understand the ground, they understand how to strike objects, like they've obviously been doing it since way back when, so it's an easy transition for the kids in the West to be able to then pick up a golf club, go out to their local golf course and to be able to hit some good shots. And they're not freaked by the fact that they're hitting off dirt and rock. No, no, that was the the beauty of it that, uh, yeah, they had an absolute blast. So, uh, yeah, we had all the equipment set up so they can play off off any lie and uh, get in and just have a go. That's what it's all about. And Luke Bates, Golf Australia, why did they embrace this? Uh, I guess for us, we we know these golf clubs out here. We've uh, seen them a, a long time and, you know, through their open days and Sangarine Championships, we knew they had the hospitality. And... Uh, I guess we, we know how to run championships out here, and uh, but we weren't too sure about this, this extra event and um, the music and the, the, the lights and everything else and how that would work. So we're like, well, okay, well, this sounds interesting. It's a little bit different to what we usually do, but, um, yeah, we're keen to give it a go because we knew what gems these golf clubs are in outback Queensland. How important is it for these little regional towns? Because every, every town I've been in has a golf club. I mean, that is amazing. I played at Ilfracombe and I played at Winton. I played at uh, Barcaldon on, on the way here. And a lot of them only have like 15 members, 20 members. It's incredible for you to say, OK, we're going to put on a tournament with 200 golfers. Oh, absolutely. They're a, a huge uh, part of the town. Uh, you know, from weddings, to wakes uh, and everything in between they, they really um, you know make up a large part of that community so they're really important so for us to be able to drive uh, extra golfers out here and um, you know also uh, promote the town we just, it was a no-brainer and um, but we've certainly learned along the way uh, it's been fantastic to to really uh, create a, a bigger event than just the golf and um, and to also bring more people along on the journey and we've embraced that as we're going along as you say uh, we've got golfers out here who have only just started playing when they, when they turned up but one of my fondest memories in 2019 was when a player came uh, wanted to buy a ticket so they could watch the entertainment that night and Teresa said well, why don't you come and play golf and he's like I, I don't know how to play golf and they said well there's the higher clubs take them out enjoy yourself and away you go and he did and he had a great time and he came back for the next weekend as well and it's those little things where for us at Golf Australia it's like well how great is this is an introduction to golf it's not a case of trying to find out where to become a member it's well 
have a go. It's an invitation to come and play. And we love that and we see that each year. And uh, that's what it's all about for us. I thought some of the, sh- the photography that we saw, the aerial shots, really depicting the sand greens and the sparse fairways were quite phenomenal, especially the drone shots. Oh, absolutely. These, these courses are so unique. I remember we've uh, sent images away to the RNA over in Scotland and, and they're just blown away by these courses uh, because it's so, it's, as we say, it's, it's so rare. So um, to be able to take these amazing photography or, so, sorry, amazing photos and share with people how good these courses are but then also how playable they are. I mean, people struggle a little bit maybe when they first play but we've seen the last three or four weeks people having great scores, 21, 22, 23 points. They, they love it. They can really putt well on them as well and... Uh, that's the great thing for a new golfer. You come out, it's only nine holes. It's not that daunting. People aren't stressed about, you know, all the rules and all that type of stuff. Yeah, we, we play by the rules, but it's not the number one thing. And, um, yeah, it's just such a, a great way to welcome people into the game. And the convictions vary so much. I had a bit of a game at Blackall after it had rained, and I had three inches of mud on the wheels of my buggy. <laughs> And I was, I was a good, I was almost six feet tall. I know, I know. I was putting out the nearest spins coming in the clubhouse going, oh my God, there's, there's, there's so much on my boots. And I used, I used a, um, a screwdriver to get the mud off my feet. <laughs> this is Postcards from the Bush and I'm calling this season The Happy Hacker Goes West. I'm Robin McConkie. Stay with me and enjoy. <laughs> is it to get sponsorship for something like this look in the first couple of years of an event especially one that's in the outback really hard right because people have no idea what you're doing they're not quite you know it's in the outback not it's not necessarily getting lots of eyes on it so it is not an easy proposition and it's but it's something we work really closely with golf australia around um certainly you know the government being involved in the first couple of years with their support pga with their support really fundamental and foundational but also all the councils having them in in supporting it as well so important because without that support you can't get these things off the ground now we're off the ground and running it's a different story you know year one we had three months to pull the event um on out of nowhere um and then this year we've had you know a hell of a lot more time because thank you very much covid we had to postpone last year (laughs) but we're already seeing you know where a third sold out already and we haven't even launched to the public yet. You know, that happens tomorrow. So we'll be sold out in a matter of weeks, which is really exciting. So then you start to think about how else can we value add to this event? What else can we do? How else can we drive people into this space? So it's really exciting. I'm going to ask you the hardest, the easiest, the best and the worst moments, guys. The hardest part of getting this to work. Uh, the hardest part uh, initially was convincing Golf Australia that the idea was right. They're pretty um, conservative old bunch, aren't they, they these really RNA are. boys? They really are conservative. And when you're trying to talk theatre and fun and, you know, I, as I said the other day uh, in a call with Luke's team, you know, it's about how do you provide people three desserts, right? Because people <laughs> love three desserts, Right. And three desserts equals fun somewhere in our in our psyche. And he'd so be th- and he right? and he'd be thinking about the RNA uh, handbook on golf rules, which is about six inches thick. Well, one of our classic ones was we, I, you know, I was so desperate to change the rules around the million dollar hole. <laughs> 
because in year one you had to play the nine holes and it was one of the nine holes and I was like man that takes forever I want a lineup of people so they can all just bang the ball off you know it's got to be theatrical and they managed to do that they managed to get the rules changed and we were able to deliver that this year which was so much more exciting the boys and girls who are here at the golf and they're they're not youngsters I should say Love the repartee, but the repartee between you two. Whoever had the microphone had the microphone. <laughs> yeah, it's so a, I'll just take the microphone on this. Own t- <laughs> Go for it, Luke. No, it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, we we share a lot of time out on the road together with these events, and um, yeah, we we do it in good spirits. So uh, we can see that the people enjoy that. Um, I mean, the fun part is, uh, you know, Darren's a PGA professional, and he's a he's a great golfer. I'm a wannabe, so if I've ever got a chance to do something uh, on a golf course uh, or even in a clubhouse, I think I beat him in a putting competition. I don't know if people met that. In Quilpie, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, yeah you can look up the video on that one if you want to find that. Yeah, I shouldn't have published that, but anyway. But no, it is a lot of fun, and that's what golf's about. It's about you know that camaraderie, having, having banter with your friends. That, that's what golf's all about. I have to say, Darren, that that um, golf clinic that you ran this morning was brilliant. It really was helpful. It was really useful. And you interacted with the audience. And I think everybody learned something. So congratulations on that one. Yeah, thank you. It's always a, a pleasure to do stuff like that. I've been coaching now for a good eight or nine years. And I really understand what golfers want. And I understand the frustrations that they have. And then how I can simplify and what I've learned over that period. Because, like I said in the clinic, there are a lot of patterns that tends to happen with, with golfers. So you get a lot of similar questions, and if you can get your concepts right first and dispel some of the myths that are going on on the YouTubes and et cetera, et cetera, um, then it, you know it just makes it all the more easier for them to play some better golf. And it's really important that people know that Vic Park is open, the golf range is open, and there will be lessons there because I've spent a fair bit of time. In fact, in the last council election, the person I voted for was the only had one stance: keep Victoria Park open. Yeah, my goodness. So everyone says, so where are you? I'm at Victoria Park. Isn't that place closing? And then my following line is, no, it's only the golf course, unfortunately, which is closed. But, you know, it's going to be beautiful parkland and there's going to be a multitude of people walking around the facility. So there's definitely an upside that that will happen there. It's a shame the golf course has gone, but um, everything is all systems go there. The functions, lessons, part, part, driving range. In fact, there are plans to make it bigger and better what's already existing there, which I can't talk too much about. But it's, uh, yeah, watch that space and the place is, is, is always lit up as if, if anyone's been there, you'll understand the beast that is Victoria Park. And most fun thing for you, Luke? Uh, the most fun thing for me, uh, I've been running professional events now for probably nine or ten years and through that journey I've had one hole-in-one prize go off. So... Uh, you know, that's a lot of golf taking place. And over those 10 years, every year we've had a hole-in-one. And uh, being out at Quilpie on that first day, and I think we had an 8.30 shotgun start at, I think it was 8.45, getting the phone call to say, we've just had a hole-in-one on yeah. hole 11, yeah. $10,000 hole, it's gone off. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, what's the chances of that? And, uh, you know, second to that, though, it's a case of, all right, let's go see, let's get out on the golf course. There was no buggies. I think Quilpy, the whole town, there's two buggies in town. So we, we jumped on the Land Cruiser. I was hanging off the ba- back of a Land Cruiser with a novelty check going down hole 10 and 11 to, to go find David Pennell, who just, first hole in one ever on a sand scrape, 147 metres, I think it was. Well, at least he didn't have to putt. 
Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, what's the chance of that? And, you know, just to see his excitement and, uh, and then the excitement that created uh, through that day, through social media, the whole lot, just gave me goosebumps. That, that was a really good moment. I was um, lost between somewhere between Eramanga and Yarraka and a young bloke, I slept on the side of the road and a young bloke came up to me in a ute the next day and I, he told me, he asked me what, what I was doing and I said, oh, I was playing in this outback Queensland Masters. Oh, the hole in one, the million dollar hole at Longreach. He said, are you going to win it? And I said, oh, no. And he said, why not? Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. You know, it's it just showed. And, and the shots that we saw today for the million-dollar thing, my heart stopped on quite a few of those, let me tell you. Yeah, you're nearly knocked out. I was like, yeah. <laughs> or you're chasing the ball. <laughs> I was also running around grabbing everyone's bloody golf balls. Um, but there were so many in that flight where I'm looking straight down the line, I'm going, this thing is hunting very close. And we're screaming, going, go in, go in. And everyone is behind there. It's all going nuts. So, you know, and that's the part. It's the camaraderie with everyone else wants everyone else to win as well. And yeah, fingers crossed it's, uh, it's going to come up soon. We get that million dollar one done. And as entertainment director and event manager, where are we going next year? Because I'm already booked in. Uh, next year we start out at Roma with the friendly folk, Grass Green, and then we head off to Tambo, then to Bark Halden, to Winton, which is, you know, big cracks in the ground there. I lost my ball there. Yeah, it happens. It happens. <laughs> down a lot. the crack. Yeah, that's right. Don't put your hand down there, whatever you do. Uh, and then from Winton, we head out to Mount Isa, so another, you know, fabulous grass green. We like to tease you a little bit, but where we finish up at Birdsville Dunes Golf Course, which will next year be an 18-hole golf course on the edge of the Simpson Desert, and we will be the first major event there, which is so exciting. Thank you very much, guys, for putting on this event, for making it such an incredibly friendly event. I think that's one of the things. You talk about camaraderie, but it was just genuinely friendly. Thanks for your time, Teresa. Thank you very much, Robin. Pleasure. Thank you, Robin. No, thank you, Robin. Lots of fun. Hope you enjoyed our chat. Please subscribe to Postcards from the Bush with Robin McConkey and join me on the next adventure in The Happy Hacker Goes West. Mm-hmm.